Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Is unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's another edition of Unrivaled. Thanks for being with us. Short show today is we've got uh, jazz coverage starting at 5.30, pregame 5.30. It's always a short jazz. show on here. It's a, definitely a short show. <laughs> a short show. Uh, 5.30 is going to be your pregame with uh, Jake Scott and Coach Tim Lacombe, and then uh, your tip-off on the Jazz Radio Network at 6.30 against this uh, Dallas Mavericks team down in Dallas. So we'll see... Uh, We'll see what Kyrie Irving and uh, and uh, Luca have prepared for this Jazz team, who are going to be shorthanded again. They're going to torch the Jazz. You think? Yeah. All right. Fine. Joining us right now on the program, he's joined the program many other times, and we love having him on as a guest. Pete Futak from uh, College Football News. Pete, what's going on, man? You guys are selling the Utah Jazz. Stop I it. am so in now on this game. I am so fired <laughs> up for this NBA thing that's happening. I wish I cared about the NBA more. Oh. I, when, when it gets when it gets to May, I'm all in. I watch every single second of the playoffs. Until then, it's like, all right, just get me there. See, already. and I do the same thing for college. I do the same thing for college basketball, where it's just like I will now dip in uh, right now. That that now is what yeah, I'm going to be interested. You're not wrong. And uh, you're not wrong. But with you, the NBA, we're the home of the Jazz, so you know we kind of care about it all the time. So there it is. I think it's everyone the preseason. Yeah, I think everyone has their sport that they go. Yeah, just get me to a point. Right. Baseball, you might say the World Series, you know, right. and kind of, eh, but yeah. I but we that. also all have the sport that you go, no, I'm all in all the time on that one. And for me, it's college football. And luckily for Pete, it's the same way. So uh, we're dipping into some spring football already. It's really funny for how much we know spring doesn't matter that much. 
to be like insane talking about it because BYU started up their spring practices yesterday and any movement that Keaton Slovis made at quarterback, everybody was just like hovering over him. And, and uh, so I just get, and plus the big 12 is on top of BYU as well as they're uh, starting up in July officially as members. But, you know, ask anybody, any BYU fan ever since football season ended, they were in the big 12. So let's start with uh, the big 12 first, because Brett Yormark, man, this guy, Loves to stir the pot, and uh, at the very He's least, good. Yes, at the very least, the rumors are fun. What on earth is going on with the Big Twelve as it pertains to the Pac-12 and the poaching possibilities, or is this just a bunch of of uh, posturing? And you're not going to see a bunch of real crazy movement. Start with this. I know a lot about the sports business world. I, I just do. I've been all in. I know all the stuff about real life. I know people and those things and things. I, for the life of me, do not understand how and why the Big 12 has got all the big conference energy here. Like, it it shouldn't work. They have no media markets. Like, they have no real schools that anybody wants. And yet, they somehow think that they can just go grab a bunch of Pac-12 schools. I think to remember, think of it this way. When the Big 10... And like now the SEC, when the Big Ten more specifically is going for expansion, they don't just go after, you know, central directional state. They want the University of Maryland. They want the University of Nebraska. They want the State University of New Jersey. You know, so they they go after the big giant school in a state. They want to dominate Who's the dominant force on any from anywhere in the Big 12 other than Kansas in the state of Kansas, which I'm, I'm still stunned has not been plucked by the Big 12, and I'm stunned that the Pac-12 wasn't more proactive to get them earlier. But other than that, it's, the Big 12 is in a weird spot because they're in a position where no one really cares about taking their school, so they have some odd stability there. They have a decent TV package to offer. So in the absence of no stability in the Pac-12, they look great. And now who are the big big anchor tenants in the mall for the Big 12? You could argue that BYU and Kansas, those are the two biggest overall athletic department programs in the Big 12. So if they think they can go get Arizona and Utah and Arizona State, which great media markets, they're the big schools in their respective states for the most part, all due respect to BYU, uh, then yeah, go for it, Big 12, but I don't think they kind of have the, the juice that they think they have. So would a team like Oregon and Washington, because they, they kind of tend to be bigger brands, does that, for your, your line of thinking, does that make sense for the Big 12 to expand and get teams like that that could then come in and say, hey, we've, you know, we've got – um, more than just stability, we've got we've got something that's more marketable. We have, we, we you know they they could become the bigger dogs in the in the Big Twelve. But do you want that though? I mean, there's a, there's an argument both ways. There's the argument that you do want to be the the star of a conference. There's something nice about that, and that you know other programs have left in the past because they weren't like Nebraska couldn't get out of the Big Twelve fast enough. So it was so sick of Texas. You know, and, and with the way it basically ruled that whole roost in terms of uh, uh, all the, the deals and the TV deals and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so either you want to be the big one that everyone loves and that you are the star of the conference. And then there's the opposite side is, do you want the nicest house in the neighborhood? Not really. You know, you kind of want 
you know, you want to be around other programs that are going to raise up your profile and give you more uh, eyeballs and more marketing and more because it's not just about it's it, first of all we're not talking basketball here because that really doesn't factor in it's really about football and it's really about the market and the uh, the schools and the alumni base and the part of the problem is you know the Big Twelve again you, you don't have Texas so you don't have the big school in Texas. You don't, you know, you, you know, you don't have Oklahoma, so you don't have the big whatever there is in Oklahoma. So, you know, what else you really got? So, if you're in Oregon or Washington, I think academically and in terms of eyeballs, in terms of prestige, you're kind of waiting for that call from the Big Ten. And I've said all along, from the start, as soon as the, the Big Ten got USC and UCLA, if you're the SEC, read the room. You got to get national now. It, it's crazy as it sounds. Go after Washington and and uh, Oregon. Go after or Arizona and Arizona State. Expand your brand because that's what the Big Ten is doing, and that's why it's the dominant conference in the bunch. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Pete Futak joining us, College Football News. Uh, the Pac-12, obviously, when you start talking about, you know, throwing teams in there and what teams would be interesting, we seem to just go, well, this TV market, you're going to need that. So go ahead and invite. Like, what really goes behind these decisions of bringing these these teams in? Because it used to be, well, your academics aren't good enough, and it seems like we've sort of thrown that out the window. Uh, but we don't know. I don't know what really would make the difference to to make the Pac-12 make a big move. Start with this. I, I am not a doomsayer for the Pac-12 like others are. I don't think it's it's going to go the way of the Big East. Uh, and the part of the problem is it's it's there's a big problem here, which is like your biggest, you know, one of your biggest markets is San Francisco, and that's just dead for college football when it comes to Stanford and Cal. So it sounds now that hasn't stopped the Big Ten before from trying to expand into markets and trying, you know, Rutgers, for example, uh, because it wanted to expand that brand. So there's something about that. But for the Big 12, it, academically, you would that's your dream to get like a Stanford and Cal. It doesn't really fit. I'm not going to get in the political side of this. It certainly doesn't fit the political way of most Big 12 schools. But uh, also, it just if you're Stanford and Cal, you're not going to really want to be associated with those schools academically. It just it just doesn't fit. So you got to assume that Stanford and Cal are going to hang around. So then what else you got? So I I, I don't think I, I'm not sold that Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are desperate to, to bolt over to the Big Twelve. That that's it feels like it's taking a step back. It just it feels like it's 
it's if you're if you're onto the, the the Big Twelve, that means you're not going to the Big Ten or the SEC, and that's where these schools really want to go. And so, it would almost be a better deal for them to buy their time, even if it's a, a kind of a lousier deal or, or a, a not as great deal, I should say, uh, to hang around some sort of a Pac-12 world that's all about streaming, which is what everyone does anyway. Um, better to do that and then wait for the call from the, the expanded Big Tens and SECs than it would be to go to the Big 12. Where did the Pac-12 go wrong? Uh, it just it just felt like this was this was a con- you know this is a conference of champions. This is a conference that's been around for a long time. It's had that long time association with the Big Ten and the Rose Bowl and uh, and and then is it the TV deal? Is it? It also feels like ESPN or some of these major uh, sports programming stations kind of have an, a vendetta out for the Pac-12 because of the Pac-12 network. Where did it all go wrong, and, and is it are they trying to kill the Pac-12, or is there a way for the Pac-12 to survive? Yeah, all of it. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be killed, but uh, you're right. I, it, the Part of the problem with the TV deal, because you know the whole Pac-12 after dark thing is cute, but not for TV ratings. It's not when you've got two thirds of the country sleeping when you're, you know, showcasing it. Was the, you know, you always have these great Pac-12 shootouts, and you know, no one's watching them unless you're, you know, in the right time zone. So that was a part of the deal. I think the the bigger giant issue here is Pac-12 wasn't proactive when it came to expansion, and I don't know what was holding them all back. I know they're like you, you alluded to. There's the academic side of things. There is the we don't want to split the pie side. And it, it is come down to the member schools to have to uh, say yay or nay to, to these. That's why it took so long for a Houston and a UCF to join up with uh, uh, the Big 12 because you needed Texas and Oklahoma to get out of there and for these other schools to say, yeah, we'll, we'll do this now. So it was they came really, really close. If you remember 10 years ago, was it? They came really close to getting Oklahoma which I would have been a brilliant deal for Oklahoma mm. in every way, shape, and form. Didn't work out. I don't. Again, I don't know why they don't have Kansas. I don't know why they didn't expand their brand further east to get into at least the central time zone, to just move out of the Pacific time zone enough where you can have games that are on when people are awake and watching. So it just all kind of fell apart, and then they just didn't go after – the schools to really sort of expand it to make it more attractive for UCLA and USC. And at the end of the day, no matter what they were able to do, if the Big Ten was able to figure out how to do it, the big the USC and UCLA are going to go to the Big Ten because that's the show. That's the biggest uh, conference game in town. So uh, now what do you got in Southern California? Right now, nothing. And you can't just replace it with San Diego State. You got Pepperdine. <laughs> yeah, the wave. Nice. Pretty school. Great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's a nice place to go. I was just in. I was just in San Diego State uh, this last weekend. It's that's great. Everyone's going to want to go there. It's just it's you can't. You're going to have to. You, you can't replace Giambi and Damon here. You can't. It's you got to figure out how a way to you know money ball your way back, and it's still not going to equal to USC and UCLA. So I think at some point we were talking about um, the massive amount in the middle of the summer. I mean, you came on with us uh, on. Uh, you know, conference D-Day when the, everything blew up with UCLA and, and USC. And that was just wild because the next following weeks were, we're going to have 40-team super conferences, one over here, one over Like, we just threw out these insane numbers 
But what's like a real like what's the reality of what the next five years or the next TV deals will bring in terms of how big conferences are going to end up getting? I think the, I think it's probably I say this and watch as we speak to, that one of these things is going to blow up. But I would be sort of stunned if you had a, a lot of big movement right away now. The only movement I would see would be Colorado, the Big 12, maybe just because it, 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 it makes geographic sense. Arizona, and again, just talking markets here, Arizona State, I think, is a gem because you've got the Phoenix Tempe market. So I, I think if anything happens, it would, it might, you might have one or two teams going to the Big 12. I would be shocked if Utah made the jump to the, the Big 12. I do think the Pac-12 survives and gets, gets some sort of deal where they're able to just sort of stay alive. It's not going to be anything amazing and uh, nothing that's going to blow everything up, but I think they're going to get something in place where everyone's able to say, okay, we can still be a Pac-12. And, you know, think about going forward, too. With the new expanded college football playoff, if you want to be in the big, you want to be in the Pac-12. You know, you, you can be one of those teams that, you know, can, you know go 10-2, you might be in, and you're going to be in the college football playoffs. So I think going forward, there's a lot of nice parts to this, but they've got to keep expanding. They've got to keep doing more. They've got to keep finding San Diego State, UNLV. Again, I think take the moonshot. I, I still say whatever Notre Dame wants. If you can figure that out, go for it. Hmm. Kansas, I still think, would be the brilliant. I mean, they've got to, they, they, they've got to act bigger than they're acting right now. Because, like you said, you start off by saying the Big 12 is acting like it can do anything it wants. They're selling this thing right, and they've got all the juice right now. The Pac-12's got to get a win somewhere and then go from there. Is there anything that could happen with the ACC? Can, can someone come along and, and I don't know, I, I've made this comment before where Phil Knight just throws some of his weight around and he pays the exit fee for some of these schools to come out of the ACC, and you have a coast-to-coast conference with the Pac-12 and the, and the ACC, or some of the schools at least from from those conferences, and is there anything that can be done with the ACC, or is this just a pie in the sky kind of dream? Yeah, I'm going to talk like I know what I'm talking about, like lawyerish here. It's not <laughs> that simple because if it were, North Carolina is the whale. I mean, that's the that is the school that the Big Ten and the SEC would love to have. They would love everything about getting tapping into the uh, the market down there and getting the Tar Heels. The kind of, there was a, there was talk about it several years ago, but North Carolina wanted Duke as a part of this, and Big Ten didn't really want that. So uh, the problem is, it's not they're they are crushed by their grant of rights deal. So it's not just paying the exit fee; it is paying what the as far as I get this. If you have to pay the TV rights that you lost, you would have been paid up until 2036. Oh. That's a massive chunk of change to get these schools out. And the problem now going forward is you have schools like Florida State that are being like, we can't compete. You know, we, we are a big-time program, and we're going to get paid half of what the SEC and Big Ten schools are getting paid, and we are stuck, and we can't get out of this for another you know, was it 12 years or so, 10, 12 years or so. And they're freaking out because we got to do something. The ACC realizes this, but they're not going to just rip up their deal because the second they do, then the vultures are going to come in and go after all these big time programs. So they're sort of nestled into what they got right now. 
Pete Futak uh, joining us, and he does uh, periodically for uh, College Football News and does a fantastic job. Read his byline there. Pete, we're uh, looking forward to any sort of changes just because it makes our life so much more interesting. And you know what? You get to come on and uh, and, and yell, at, yell at about it with us, and uh, we love that. So thanks for being on with us, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, and go Jazz. There you go. See? Big Jazz fan now. Converted him. Just in that segment. But what is it he's asking them to go do? Tank or yeah, which win? one is it? Just go. Just he go, go do. He'd go. Tank? Is that a – It's a thing. You're cheering for people to lose? What? Yeah, you have to. You have to sometimes. Yeah, interesting. Hey, should we do uh you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna do some tickets next again. All right, because we got we have Jake we have Jake Scott coming on next to uh, preview his preview of the Jazz versus uh Mavericks this evening. Uh and we're so we're gonna give away some tickets with him when he comes on. He doesn't win the tickets, but we'll give away tickets while he's on with us. Uh are you a business owner? You have better things to do than just job hunt, scramble, find your next rate hire. Spherion staffing and recruiting. Have them help you do it. Visit them online, spherion.com slash Utah. It's S-P-H-E-R-I-O-N dot com slash Utah. Spherion.com slash Utah. Uh, we'll take a break. When we return, we do. We have uh, we have our guy, Jake Scott, joining us, and he's going to break down this game tonight uh, all around the corner. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.